Hello authors, I'm Joanne Morell, children's and young adult fiction writer and author of short non-fiction for authors. Thanks for joining me for the Hybrid Author Podcast, sharing interviews from industry professionals to help you forge a career as a hybrid author, both independently and traditionally publishing your books. You can get the show notes for each episode and sign up for your free author pass over at the Hybrid Author website to discover your writing process, get tips on how to publish productively, and get comfortable promoting your books at www.hybridauthor.com.au. Let's crack on with the episode. Tina Rafa Mulligan is best known as the author of quirky, whimsical books for children. Her short stories and poetry for children and adults have appeared in magazines and anthologies, and she has also worked as a journalist and editor on a diverse range of publications. She recently began writing light-hearted romances in women's fiction. Tina lives near the beach south of Perth in Western Australia with a sometime surfer and a golden Labrador with anxiety issues and a toast obsession. When Tina isn't writing stories, she is reading them. She also enjoys family time, sunshine, birdsong and sea gazing. Wow, what a fabulous bio, Tina. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Hybrid Author Podcast. My pleasure. Well, you have a vast collection of published books in a number of genres. How many books is it you've published altogether now? 32. Wow. I had to add them up. <laughs> have you been keeping track of them all or is it kind of they're all blending into one now? 32, that's amazing. Well, when someone does ask me how many I've written, I do have to go back and track down exactly. <laughs> yeah. And um, these titles, are are they independently published or are they traditionally? Which ones are? Okay. 20 are traditionally published wow. and they're not all with the same publisher. They're with yep. different publishers. And the other 12 are publications that I've put out myself. And this is a span over how many years? <laughs> 50. Wow. <laughs> That's fantastic. Can I ask you, how long have you been independently publishing your the 12 books you have put out so far? That was interesting when I went back and checked because the first one I independently published was a picture book in 2008. I had decided to bring it out because my very first published picture book was a stranger danger story called You Don't Know Me. And at the time I was famous for about five minutes and it was <laughs> endorsed by the state police and education departments and used in uh, schools around the country. And of course, over the years, I kept reading the story to kids in schools, got asked if people could buy it and it wasn't available. So in 2008, I got a new illustrator, Veronica Rourke, and we put together a condensed version of the book. That was my first venture into self-publishing. And then I waited about another 10 years before I had another go. <laughs> and um, it's really only been the last two years, I suppose, that I've seriously been putting out regular titles. Fantastic. And Veronica Root, you've worked with her in a few projects, haven't you? Pretty yes, awesome. I have. Uh, that was the first one we worked on together. 
And then she illustrated a couple of books for me for Serenity Press, which were traditionally published. Since then, if I need a cover or some internal illustrations for a chapter book, she's usually the first person I go to. Yeah. She happens to live across... She lives up the street. Oh, wow. been friends for a long time. <laughs> oh, that's, that certainly makes it a bit easier, isn't it? Come to my house for a cup of tea and we'll, we'll gnash out the book together. <laughs> and the good thing is, too, because I know how she works, I just hand a story over and I say, here, take a look at this. What do you want to do? Yep. And luckily when um, she's illustrated my book for Serenity Press, the publisher was open to us doing that as well. Oh, it's a good working relationship. Yeah, wonderful. Uh, and so 2008 was the first time you put out an independently published book. So those that 10 years in between, I suppose you were traditionally publishing. Um, what was your experience like working with the traditional publishing houses you have worked with? It's been lovely because most of the publishing houses that I have worked with are small independent publishers. So there's a real personal connection with the publisher and I also have the freedom to have a say in who illustrates the books Wonderful. and how they come together. Yep. So that's worked well. I did have three titles published with an American publisher and obviously I didn't have that personal contact with them but I've not had any problems at all working with traditional publishers. And have they all um, worked differently per se? They, they obviously all put out books together but is, have they got different ways of doing things? Obviously people do approach it differently. Generally though it's pretty much the same process. I submit a story, I wait, they decide whether it's yes or no. If it's yes then they send me a contract, which I sign. Then I wait again until the book is put together and I see how it looks. Have, have you uh, ever um, questioned any of the contracts you've, you've had? or is, is it Yes. Yep. Yeah, there was one contract I wanted some changes made to. The publisher was adamant. No, it was a standard contract and they would not make any changes. And at the time... It had been quite a while between publications, book publications, so I signed it and to this day I regret it because they were the only publisher that I ever had any difficulty working with. And I'm not saying who they are. No. Because that wouldn't be professional. No, exactly. But, <laughs> but I, I um, still have not received my rights back from them, even though the book is out of, out of contract and has been for about five or more years now. How, how can they get away with that? If it's out of contract, you know, like how can they get I got advice <laughs> and it was the way the contract was written. It was ambiguous and I thought I do not need to waste the energy fighting about this. But my warning to anyone signing contracts is get advice <laughs> and listen to your intuition because I had a feeling not to sign it and I ignored it. Right. So and it's kind of... Go. With every contract that you would say that you, to, you would offer that advice up to kind of get it looked at with every contract? Of course, yeah, yes. And then you make your decision mm. once you have the information. And the best people, would that be like the Australian Society of Authors? They, they 
have somebody who can look over contracts, don't they? Yes, they do. Fantastic. Well, yes, thank you for that. I will definitely keep that in <laughs> mind. So we've just sort of talked about your experience with traditionally publishing houses. Uh, so how, I guess, how has your independently publishing differed from traditional publishing experience? What's been the difference kind of between the two for you found? Well, the main difference is that I'm in control and I decide what happens and how the book looks and when it comes out. For me, the important factor is the time factor because, as you know, if you've submitted to any traditional publishers, it's an incredibly slow process. You send your work out and you wait and wait and (laughs) wait and if it's a no, you start again. Even if it's a yes, there can be quite a long delay in the time they accept your work and the time it comes onto the market. Um, One of my books that is coming out this year, the publisher received it more than five years ago. I think it might have been five or six years ago. And I had thought that it wasn't going to come out. But then I was told, yes, it is. It's coming out in March, I think March. But if I publish something myself, then... I can choose when to bring it out. And that becomes more important as you get older. doesn't matter so much if you're in your 20s and your 30s, even your 40s. But when you start to get further down the track, you realise that you might not have that time on your side. So that was really why I decided to start putting out more of my own titles. Fantastic. So I still submit to traditional publishers. I always have a few manuscripts out doing the rounds and from time to time I get a yes. <laughs> and in the meantime, I amuse myself by publishing my own books. Yeah, it's it's a good feeling, isn't it? It's always exciting. And so with that publisher that took the five years, so had they given you the green light and then you just hadn't heard anything so you were a bit unsure of what was happening? Or? No, at the time I sent two books and they told me they wanted both of them they decided to publish the other one first and I got the contract for that and it was all signed, sealed and delivered. And then, of course, I didn't forget about the other story but I was busy doing other things Mm. and it wasn't until the publisher came to me and said, oh, I'm going to publish this book of yours next that I thought, oh, I didn't think you were going to do that. (laughs) That was a nice surprise. (laughs) It was. It was quite lovely. Oh, fantastic. Oh, wonderful. So with uh, independently publishing, as you said, you're you're in control of putting the books out, which means you're also the publisher. You're in control of how they look and how they present and, and all that. So uh, what are some of the businesses, the companies that you use to illustrate your work, make the cover design, the formatting? Is there anybody you use in particular or who do you publish through? Okay, I have established my own publishing imprint, which is Seasong Publications. I do the formatting, I do the editing, I do the proofreading, but all of the work that I have published myself has been to other readers. I've been in a critique group for nearly 15 years now, so everything's been through that process of having advice and constructive criticism from other authors. I also, when I decide to publish something I've written a long time ago, obviously I look at it and usually do a rewrite. Uh, I get some self, self-made covers. You can go onto websites and buy pre-made covers for self-published books. Yep. Obviously with children's books this doesn't work, so 
I give Veronica a call. (laughs) (laughs) I need a cover. (laughs) So in most cases, uh, it'll be Veronica or I'll have a go at doing something myself and then I'll hand it over to her and say, okay, what do I need to do to this to make it better? But essentially, uh, I have a strong background in um, editing through my years and years with editing magazines and newspapers. Mm. I've edited a lot of other people's work. I've also done sub-editing and layout for magazines, newspapers, published books for other people. So I have a lot of skills already in terms of preparing the book for publication. And I believe that the books that I put out are of a professional quality. So I'm confident enough I wouldn't be putting out anything that I didn't think was worth sharing the story. Mm-hmm. And some of the stories that I have put out myself have had really good response from publishers. They just haven't said yes. So as you know yourself, it's a very competitive market and sometimes the reasons publishers don't pick up a story is not because they're not well enough written or they're not a good enough story. They just don't believe they can sell enough. And a lot of my writing suits niche markets. That's wonderful. You obviously do the editing yourself and um, sometimes you visit other companies for their cover, cover design. Do you use a specific program for the formatting or do you do Yes, I use InDesign. InDesign, yeah, fantastic. Yes. Uh, So with putting your books out, obviously don't pay for editing costs and you've already got InDesign as a program. Uh, Have you seen much return on your investment with putting putting books out yourself? Because there is, there can be, obviously you'll have to pay for the covers and there can be some upfront costs. Have you seen, seen those costs back or...? At the moment, I'm still putting money into putting books out. I keep putting new books out, which means more money. Uh, The way I do it, though, is very cost-effective because I upload the documents to Ingram Spark and that means it's print-on-demand. So I don't have to pay a printer to buy thousands of copies which are going to sit in my shed (laughs) or stack up in my office. The very first book that I self-published, that was through a commercial printer and I did publish a thousand copies of it and I still have too many in my shed. Right. <laughs> was, um, that, was that here? Was that in Paris? Yes. Yes. And print on demand works very well for me because I can buy just a few copies yeah. and keep them for direct sales. And also Ingram distributes the books as well, so copies sell through Ingram. I did sign up with a distributor and I am still with a distributor for most of my self-published titles, but that's something I need to look at because the distributor takes 67.5% of the retail selling price. So by the time I take out taxes and shipping costs, I'm making a pittance on the books that they place in schools and libraries and bookshops. So are they just like a, a, almost like a third party? So you've got Ingram and they obviously advertise to, I think they do schools and different, they have a catalogue as well who they're selling to. So yes. you have a, a third party distributor as well to. Yes. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Wonderful. But you, you don't yeah. really feel that's working out well for you at this point? Not when uh, I look at my sums. 
but I wanted to try it mm-hmm. and it has got a lot of my books out there. I wouldn't personally have been able to get out. Okay. Yep. So in the long term, it should pay off in education lending right and public lending right. Yep. But I won't see the return on that. I should start to see the return on that next year or maybe this year, maybe this year. That's <laughs> wonderful. Uh, so what has been the best and the worst thing about independently publishing for yourself? The best thing is being able to do what I love, which is making books. I love the whole process of making books, the writing them, the putting them out, the actually receiving a copy of a book that started with an idea. The worst part is trying to sell them (laughs) (laughs) because there's such a lot of competition now. So many people are putting their own books out. We're being flooded with new books every day and it's finding readers, it's finding people who actually want to read what you've written and if you're not a person who really wants to put a lot of energy into marketing and self-promotion, then how do people find you? I know all the theory. I've done courses. Yeah. I've read so much about marketing and sales and promotion and using social media and all the rest of it. So I know what to do. But when it comes to doing it, I would rather make the books and be the person who sells them. Is there maybe specific people out there that do that kind of thing, I guess, for authors? But then. Oh, yeah. Is there cost They're... involved in that? <laughs> I mean, I could employ someone to do that, but then you're looking at different costs. You're looking at responsibilities to other people. And at this stage in my life, I just want to keep having fun making books. And fortunately, people do find them. They do read them. Lots of positive response from the people who do read them. So right. that keeps going, I suppose. Yeah, You've got to do something with your life. Yeah. You? <laughs> and it might as well be something that you love. That's it, yeah. I think uh, it's got to be, like you said, it's it can end up being a lot of work. So you've got to love it, enjoy it, and, and yeah, definitely find it fun or else you're probably not going to do it if it just it feels like work all the time, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, do, do you think you probably have to even try and be a bit more creative with with trying to get your books out there like to be maybe a bit different from everybody else sometimes it's really interesting because I look at what other people do and I see what works and what doesn't work and I guess it's finding something that suits you and your personality I do what I'm comfortable with which is doing interviews with people I never say no to a request for an interview or a blog post. I have a person I work with, Romy Sharp, from Books on Tour Marketing. And when I do put out a new book, I do a virtual book tour with her. So I do a certain level of things. I I also go on Facebook and I do my posts that I'm comfortable with doing, but I'm not comfortable with saying sell my you know buy my book I've got a book to sell yeah and I know that I miss opportunities when I go and do a talk or a workshop or I meet someone and they say what do you do and I say oh I write books and then we talk about something else yeah Yeah, I I think networking's and and word of mouth is is a good positive for people to 
to do you know and and you probably <laughs> don't see that ha- you, well it's hard to follow that but every interview you've done you know someone's maybe seen that or talked about it and that you know maybe they found your books that way yes yeah sorry uh, with, with the virtual the virtual book tour yeah mm-hmm. what, what does that entail well Romy sets up a series of uh, guest interviews for me over a period of uh, whatever we've set up. Sometimes it can be a concentrated five-day online book tour where there'll be an interview or a guest post or or a giveaway every day for those five days. But with my first young adult novel, uh, Manali and Me, last year, we spread it over a longer period. So there were other book tours that were happening in between, but over the period of about a month, there were things popping up about the book right. and that was keeping it in front of people and yeah. all of that gets promoted on all of uh, Romy's social media and obviously the people who have me on as for guest posts or guest interviews, whatever they might be, or they do a review, they all share it to their social media as well. Oh, wow. So the information about the book and who I am as an author is getting spread more than if I just put up a little notice on my Facebook page or my website that, hey, I've got a new book out. That's fantastic. That works well. Yeah. I'm thinking virtual book tour, um, like you're sort of entering virtually through the book and learning all about it. Well, that's right, because people ask you different questions and I will give an insight into the story behind the book and there will there will be focus on different things with different books, obviously. But it's a good way of getting the word out to a wider community. As I said, I do what I'm comfortable yeah. with. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. Mm. And and a lo- well, congratulations, because a lot of writers wouldn't feel comfortable with that. So that's, yeah, that's a great skill to have. Um, and what's been the best, best and worst aspects of your traditionally publishing experience? The worst part is the long wait, because quite often you get no response now when you send a a manuscript to a publisher. So you've got work out there and six months or 12 months will go past and then you check your records and you think, well, this is a no. (laughs) (laughs) Do do you wait that long? It's probably about the six-month mark and then you're like, nah, that's not happening. (laughs) Well, because I have so many things that I have written, I've always got a lot out and about Mm. so it's not like you've got one book and you're waiting and waiting desperately for a response that's long in the past yeah so I just get on with what I'm doing and every so often I'll get a surprise like I did before Christmas there was one publisher I'd submitted to in the US who said if you don't hear from us in eight weeks then it's a no and then six months later (laughs) I got an email saying here's a contract we'd like to publish your book if it's oh. still available <laughs> so that was a nice surprise yeah no I usually I do know what stories I've got out and where they are but mm-hmm. I don't wait for a response in the way I used to when I first started out and I'm they, always working on something else yeah and there used to be um some publishers maybe that's in the past now that it was a no-no. If you wanted to submit to them, you had to not be able to have your work out submitting to other people, that same same work. Is that still, does it happen with some no. competition? 
it's not happening so much with publishers now. You can send to multiple publishers at the same time as long as you advise them that that's what you've done. Mm. But because I started out such a long time ago and things were different, I still only submit my book to one publisher at a time. Yep. And again, that's probably because I always have more than one manuscript to put out there. Right. So it doesn't make any difference to me whether I've got one book out at, at six different publishers or six manuscripts out at six different publishers. So you've already got a manuscript with a publisher, but you've got another one. Do you submit again with a second one to them while that other one's there or are you kind of spread that out? Yes. Yeah. yeah, definitely. If I've got a publisher who likes my work mm. and is interested in seeing more, then of course I will offer them more books. But I have written so much over so many years that no one publisher would be able to publish all my work yeah. anyway. <laughs> uh, so what tips do you have for writers who want to independently publish? Do your homework. <laughs> Do your homework. <laughs> Check everything. Look into all the different aspects of it and there is so much information out there that we can access very easily. Uh, also, be aware of your own personality, your own temperament. Know what you can do and what you need to pass on to other people because it's not simply a case of writing a book and putting out there. That is the easy part. There's a lot more involved in it if you want to sell those books and if you want to do it professionally. Mm -hmm. So you do have to be aware of where you need to pass on the things that you aren't as good at to somebody else. Fantastic. Great advice there. And what are your tips for authors who, who are looking to traditionally publish? Read the submission guidelines and follow them to the letter <laughs> and make sure you send to publishers who are actually publishing the sort of thing that you are writing and be professional all the time. If you feel that you've been treated badly, do not tell anyone. <laughs> Don't put it out there on social media and badmouth a publisher, an editor, an agent. You've just got to be professional and if you're upset about a rejection, just go off, eat chocolate, <laughs> yeah. walk, drink wine if that's what you enjoy and then send it off to the next publisher after you've had a look at it and asked yourself whether there's anything you can do yeah. to improve your story. And be persistent, have faith in yourself because some of my books that have been picked up by traditional publishers were rejected many times mm. by publishers whose lists they didn't fit. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that. A mutual friend of ours's book that's coming out, I think she had put it out there in the past and it was. It's only feels like now it's ready to come out. I've heard that from a few authors as well. A book that they have put out there, not ready for the time, but, but now it's yes. it is, so that's great. Um, well, this is the Hybrid Author Podcast, so many people listening hopefully are looking to do both. Uh, has your independent publishing, your work, obviously that's kind of been to date, has that had any effect on like the traditional publishing houses that you worked with, you're putting books out with them, but you also have this sort of independent backlist. Does that affect one or the other in any way? It hasn't affected 
the two most recent publishers that I'm with, Serenity Press and Daisy Lane Publishing. Uh, they don't mind at all that I put my own work out. I don't know if it has any influence on the bigger publishers that I submit my work to because they haven't said yes <laughs> to any of the manuscripts I've sent them. As I said, I'm only with small traditional publishers. So Has, I would hope not hmm. because times have changed. Yeah. Has any of your independent books been picked up by a publisher yet? I've heard of that sort of happening. So you put them out yourself, but a publisher's found the work and, and wanted to take it on. No, but I wouldn't expect that because hmm. that I know that has happened, but it's very rare. Yeah. When you look at the number of books that are independently published and the few that are picked up by a traditional publisher, your chance of that happening is remote. It's like yeah. winning lotto, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also there have been instances where an, an independently published book has been a runaway bestseller and publishers want it, but the author is not prepared to hand it over because they're yeah. doing very well, thank you, and making more money than they would ever make that's from it. royalty. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, have you ever felt much biased among, you know, industry professionals or the writing community for being a hybrid author? Yes, there's definitely a bias there. And there's also a bias against people who are traditionally published with small publishers. When it comes to being asked to do school visits, etc., authors and illustrators in the kids lit community and in any other writing community who are with big publishers, who are well recognised, will always get preference over those of us who are with small, relatively unknown publishers. Right. So, yeah, and there is definitely still a bias against books that are published independently. How, how have you dealt with that personally? Have, have you felt it or it's more just people around you? Or Again, have you just gone for a walk and had a big, big box of chocolates? <laughs> uh, no, I'm aware of it and I know it's there and you can't change people's perceptions. All I can focus on is putting out the best story that I can write and making sure that if I produce it myself I am comfortable that it is of a professional standard. Fantastic. So what are you currently working on right now? I am working on a book for mid to upper primary kids. It's called Just Write and it's a non-fiction book. It's about writing stories and the whole idea is to let kids know that they can write stories if they want to and we are the ones who block ourselves from sharing our stories because we think it's too hard. So it's really simple, to the point. I hope it's encouraging and inspirational and it's got a series of activities at the end of every chapter. And it follows on from my new picture book, which is called You Can Be a Writer, which was released on the 15th of January. And that's for junior primary kids. Wonderful. So that's the simple introduction for the little ones. Yep. And then is the next level. And after that, there'll be a book that I've intermittently been working on called Word by Word. And that's for adults. Oh, wow. To follow on with that same series. It's not really a series. The two kids' books are. Yep. They're more connected. But the adult one is just because from time to time people have said, have you ever thought about writing a book for writers? Mm. And, of course, I have. 
So one day. Yep. <laughs> and what about your women's fiction? Are you working on anything now with that? Oh, look, I have novels started. I also have a middle grade novel started. Wow. But lately I have felt more like making books than writing them. Oh. And I'm going with that. Yeah. So I haven't written anything new since September and that was a short romance. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. So do you just go where inspiration takes you or what you feel like doing on the day? At the moment, that is what I'm doing. It's not what I was doing 12 months ago, but it is what I'm doing now. I'll see what happens. Yeah, fantastic. Oh, well, thank you so much, Tina, for sharing your expertise. It's been wonderful having you. Uh, where can people find you and your books? Online. Online, yes. Yeah. I have a website, www.tinaraffamulligan.com. I'm also on Facebook. I have an author page. I have a blog called In Their Own Right where I interview other book creators and my books are available through Serenity Press, Wild Eyed Press, Daisy Lane Publishing, Exist Publishing, Seasong Publications. They're available online through places like um, Book Depository, Booktopia and Amazon of course, Kobo. So all you do is Google my name yeah. and you'll find something. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic, Tina. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. That's the end for now, authors. I hope you are further forward in your author adventure after listening, and I hope you'll listen next time. Remember to head on over to the Hybrid Author website at www.hybridauthor.com.au to get your free author pass. It's bye for now.